from the Mission Church, and I'm thankful you're joining us tonight. Thank you for your time. We are honored that you're joining us. We're live on, online, and uh, so thank you very much for your time. Thank you for joining us together here with our Tuesday night training. We're starting a new teaching on faith. Actually, the series is called Faith That Moves Mountains. And if faith is the thing that pleases God, which it says it's impossible to please God without faith, then faith should be something that we should know a lot about. We should be very good at obtaining, developing, and using faith. Why? So we can please our Heavenly Father. And you are going to start learning about faith tonight. Probably be about 10 weeks we'll be teaching on faith. And it will be a wonderful teaching. You will grow in leaps and bounds spiritually, and the devil will not dupe you or whip you anymore. You will be victorious over him in everything he throws at you because you will learn how to be victorious through the power of faith. Hallelujah. If you're looking at this and you see me and you've never received Jesus as your Lord and Savior, tonight would be a very good night to do that. The Bible says that if you will come to the Lord with a repentant heart, we really owe God an apology because we've lived a lifestyle that has broke His laws. We've lied, we've stole, we've disobeyed our parents, we've had sex outside marriage possibly, we've taken his name in vain, we remember not to hang out with him one day a week, which is remember the Sabbath to keep it holy. So we broke his laws in these areas, and we owe him an apology and to ask him to forgive us for those areas. But God also did something for us. He sent his son to die and to take our place in spiritual death, and he did that. And if I did something for you that was very good and made sure everyone told you what I did for you, the next time you saw me, I would expect you to say, Thank you to me. We owe Jesus a thank you. So you should take time right now and say, God, forgive me for the lifestyle I've lived up until right now. And Jesus, I receive you and thank you for what you did for me. Thank you that you gave your life for my life so I could live with you forever and be part of your family and be spiritually alive. I'm asking you to do that on your own right now. And we're going to go into this lesson. Speaking of faith, I'm teaching on faith that can move mountains. And we'll go into a place where we actually use and release our faith tonight, so we stir our hearts, and I would like to say it like this, we're going to wake our faith up. Faith has changed my life, and faith changed the lives of all my family members. When, that must be the TV out there, you can turn it down, and uh. Since being born again, I've lived and received everything necessary for a family to live and to operate by faith. Everything my family has received has come by faith. I have never had a credit card, so I've had people say to me, what's your credit score? I've never had a credit score. Well, how'd you do that? Because I paid cash for everything except a house. And even that, I believed God for the money to pay it off. And I eventually got to where I paid it off. But everything I had to believe for. We were so poor that when I heard the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ, when I heard, my God shall supply all your needs according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus, when I heard 
that it's impossible to please God without faith. I set myself on a course immediately that I have to learn what this thing called faith is and I have to learn how to use it so I can please God and I have to learn how to get God to be able to meet my needs and I found that it's all written in the scriptures and if I learn what the scriptures say, then faith is coming into me as I'm learning what the scriptures are saying and if I say what the scriptures are saying, then I'm releasing faith, God's faith, to change my life. I found most of the times it doesn't change instantly, but it does start changing. And James put it this way, your mouth sets the course of nature in motion, sets the wheel of life in motion. And so what you say starts it turning. And so it may take years for you to produce results, but the results are coming. Hallelujah. Amen. Now tonight I'm going to stick really close to my notes. I'm going to read a lot of my notes because I don't want to deviate from this teaching. I want us to catch exactly what it says, exactly the meaning in it, exactly the meat in it. So let's get go with it, okay? This lesson on mountain moving faith is so important because you're going to see over the next several weeks that receiving anything from God is done by faith and with the use of faith. You should personally right now I want you to take inventory of your life and I want you to ask yourself, what have I ever received completely by faith from the Lord? I just stated to you that I received everything necessary for my family to live and survive. I received it all by the power, the law, the force of faith or the word of God fulfilling itself and changing my situation, changing my life. And so I want you to take inventory right now and see if you can find anywhere in your life where you have personally received something completely by faith from the Lord. If you can really concretely answer that with this I receive by faith, this I receive by faith, this I receive, and this I receive by faith. And if you can't say that, then that needs to change. I could point you to thing after thing after thing after thing that I received by faith. We were wanting, my kids were wanting, this is a funny thing, okay? They were wanting a bird. And so I said, if we're going to get a bird, we're going to get it by faith, by using our words, by using the Word of God, by using a scripture. And the scripture would be Mark eleven twenty four. what things soever you desire. So I asked my kids, is a bird a thing? Yes, a bird's a thing. Okay, so what things soever you desire, when you pray, believe that you receive them and you shall have them. So, so we're going to have to pray for a bird and we're going to ask the Lord for a bird. And when we pray for the bird and ask for the bird, what's the next thing we got to do? Believe we receive it. Okay, it could take weeks, it could take months, it could take years. But the moment we pray from then on, are we going to ask for a bird again? No, Dad. We're going to believe we receive a bird. But we're not just going to believe for a bird. We're going to believe for a bird, a cage, the food, everything. And we're going to believe for a bird that's good because we had a bird before and that thing was so mean. Man, it tasted good when we finally caught him and put it in. That thing was just... <laughs> I'm just kidding. We didn't do that to him. <laughs> but, uh, but, uh, so we believed for a bird and it was weeks, months, whatever it was. And uh, every time I come in and they would talk about a bird, I'd say, we believe we receive a bird. You can turn me down just a little bit, Andrew. And so we received a phone call from a friend. They said, I've got a friend who's pregnant. They were saying about their friend, and they have a bird, and she can't take care of her bird anymore because she doesn't know how the bird will react to the baby, so she's wanting to give it away. So I thought, that could be our bird. And all the kids are all super excited, you know what I mean? So let's go meet them. 
So we went down there. I said, the first thing we got to tell them is that we're servants of the Lord Jesus Christ. And we believe we received a bird, you know, however long it was ago. And if this is our bird, then it's Jesus giving it to us through you. And so we went in, you know, talked to her. And when I said that, she said, I'm a Christian. She said, I prayed and believed God for someone to come get my bird who would be, take care of my bird. And she said, the name of the bird is Misha, which means peace. And she said, I don't want to just give you the bird. I want to give you the cage. I want to give you the food. I want to give you everything. I said, that's our bird. Hallelujah. Now, that one really tasted good. I'm just kidding. With you. Just kidding. With you. <laughs> but we had that bird for so long. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. But we received it how? By faith. We believed we received, and we stood in faith. So that's one thing that I can say of this that we receive by faith. My, our, my life is marked, my kids' lives are marked by that happening over and over and over and over. For school clothes, we raised our kids in our home. We had wood heat. We were so poor. I'm talking wood heat in the 80s and the early 90s, you know what I mean? So we had to believe for central air conditioning. And guess how we got it? By faith. Amen. Someone come to me and say, you don't have central air in your house? I install central air conditioners, and I think the Lord would have me put one in. So we got it. So I'm giving you things. Okay, if you can't do that, then you have a problem with the Lord because you have to use your faith to please God. Amen. He likes you to do that. So I'm not being mean. I'm just telling you this, okay? If you want to live a victorious life, you will want and you will learn to live by faith also. Okay, your life will be marked with I am believing, I receive. I believe for souls, the ability to lead people to salvation. I believe for that. And the Lord would bubble up, talk to them about me. And it comes every time. But you have to step out in faith. And when he prompts you and when you learn the things concerning salvation scriptures, then at least you have the thing to give them. So now you're ready to give it. Now it's just stepping out and doing it. Okay, so I, I believe for souls with faith. And I'm asking you to set yourself, as we go through these lessons, to let these lessons get deep inside you because we're learning about how to use faith to move mountains. Mountain-moving faith, okay? We're learning how to do that. There's some big things that need to be moved in our own lives and corporately in the mission and in other people's lives. So you must be able to use this thing called faith, all right? I want to ask you a question. You don't have to answer me, but I just, just to mark your thinking. What is faith? Okay, what is faith? Hey, I wrote a book. I wrote a book, and the book is uh, in the publisher right now. And so when I wrote the book, Andrew encouraged me, Stephanie encouraged me, and some others, and it took, you know, several years to actually do it. And the bo book is Faith, What Is It? Unlocking the, it's my own book, and I can't even think of the title of it. <laughs> Unlocking the, uh, the code to the faith of God and how to use it. And so uh, another testimony, I'll, I'll say this. I, uh, I believed I received the money to pay it. It costs a lot to publish a book. And you can hear all these things. You shouldn't have to pay to publish books. But if you're nothing, a zero, a nobody, you got to pay somebody to help you. You know what I mean? So I believe for the money. And the mission gave me some money. By faith, they gave me some money. Someone else gave me some money here. I don't know who it was. But then someone else, never. I've met them one time in my life. And they know that I've, I started the mission and I've done this. And so they, they uh, sent me the money to pay the complete publisher off everything. So the book is paid off. 
by faith. And I, you know, I've been saying, okay, I have the money. My, this book is, the publishers are paid off in Jesus' name. And they sent more than enough money to do that. Is that not something else? I got a thing in the mail the other day and I looked at it and said, it's probably a wedding invitation, Diane. And so I didn't open it with her. I just set it on the counter. And then went, later on I went back and said, oh, I ought to open that. Probably the Holy Ghost saying you ought to open it. And when I opened it, I thought, it made me want to speak in my native language. Hallelujah. And I just laid it down and said, thank you, Lord. Bless them for what they've done. Is, is that not a ma- neat, you know what I mean? Okay, these things are real. This is doable, but you have to be a doer of the word for it to come to pass. All right? If you want to live a victorious life, you're going to have to do it by faith. Hebrews 11.1 1 says this, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. I like to say it like this, is faith is the connector, and that's what this lesson teaches us to say it like this. Faith is the connector or the connection between God and man. It's the connection between the physical realm and the spiritual realm. So we're in the earth, the Lord is in heaven, on his throne, and yes, all his blessings, he's blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places. But to make the connection for the two to be brought together and it to manifest in the earth, there's this thing that has to come in between and say, here's us on earth, here's God in heaven. When we release faith, it connects us to heaven and heaven's blessings come back in earth for us. And it just takes place. And you know, God uses men for a lot of things, anything financial, physical, things like that he uses. But God uses his faith when we connect his faith to him to bring out things that you can't see or others can't see or others don't know about. Faith is the connector, okay? Hebrews says faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. So faith is really the connection between God and man. And Hebrews eleven six says this. This is a super, super important verse. Hebrews eleven six. But without faith it is impossible to please him. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is. That's hard to do. I believe in God. And believe that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. That's the tough part. If you're going to diligently seek him, that takes work. Amen? You can think all the creek stuff you want. I go to the creek and I seek God and I sit there and listen to the birds and listen to the water. You seek God through his word and getting in his word takes effort and it takes turning that goofball TV off for a little while so you can open this thing up, which is called a Bible. I don't have my phone down here and the phone is, uh, what is it, Andrew? The phone. It's a quick reference. Amen. He was calculating. His mind was turning. I'm thank God that we have all the technology that all this can be on our phones and stuff. But this is a Bible. Don't lose the art of going to your Bible, okay? He's a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. But without faith, it is, yep, and just because you have faith doesn't mean you're pleasing God. Now you have the possibility of pleasing God. You have to be someone who's willing to use their faith to please God, okay, okay? Your heavenly Father is not pleased when he cannot manifest himself in your life and meet your needs. I mean, could you imagine if you were God, how bad you would want to bless people? You would be seriously in a hot mode to, I want to bless somebody, Amen? And it takes the connection of faith to link up to his blessings being manifest in your life. So God has the desire to bless us, and faith is a connection between him and our needs and our needs being fulfilled in our life. I'll show you this, okay? By you using faith, and you probably didn't even know you used faith. 
Someone said to you, if you confess with your mouth Jesus is your Lord and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you shall be saved. Or they used Roman roads and they said the scriptures, God commended his love to us and that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. They used scriptures like that. And then they said, would you like to receive Jesus as your Lord? Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. So when you heard those words, guess what came to you? Faith. So when you said, yes, I do, you released that power of faith and instantly, boom, the Holy Spirit used that faith and changed your life. And you didn't even know that's what happened. You used faith, okay? So you used faith without even knowing it and pleased your Heavenly Father by doing that. And let me give you a few more areas. Your Heavenly Father's desire came to pass. And faith is your connection to healing when you've received a healing before. I will restore health to you and heal your wounds. Faith is the connector for your financial prosperity. Every blessing that is transferred from heaven to you was made possible through the connection of faith. I didn't set it up like that. God the Father set it up like that. Even Jesus' death, burial, and resurrection in Colossians, it says it was through the operation of the faith of God that that took place. Okay, so Jesus went through the horrible death of the cross and suffered in hell so all our needs could be met according to his riches and glory. And that was done by the connection of faith. Is this not a powerful teaching or what? I wish when I first got saved, someone would have sat down. Boy, sit down and let me tell you how to be victorious in life. Where are the preachers who have mercy? Okay, so let's look at how faith comes to you, all right? By Jesus' own personal action, he made available to you his faith by which to receive. Jesus took action himself. And in fact, in Galatians, I don't know if it's in my lesson, but it'll be in one of the lessons, Galatians 2.20, I was crucified with Christ, yet nevertheless I live, yet not I, but Christ lives in me. And the life that I, I live, I live by faith in the Son of God. No, it's by the faith of the Son of God. So Jesus' faith is released so that my life is crucified, yet nevertheless I live. Yet not I, but Christ lives in me. And the life that I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. So Jesus' personal faith is working in my life, your life, and anybody's life who has received him as their Savior. He used it for us. Thank you, Jesus. So let's see how faith comes. This is Romans chapter 10, verse 6 through 13. I have all my scriptures myself, so that's why I'm going through them pretty quick, all right? These lessons, you want to know how I learned a lot of what I know? By listening to it over and 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 over. And how many times, Andrew? Keep going. That's why they got cassette players. Oh, we're not using cassettes anymore. That's why they got CD players. Oh, we don't hardly use CDs anymore. That's why they have the phone with everything you can get to in your life. And you can hear it over and over and over and over. Because it got to get inside you. Amen. How can we be so silly that we don't stick the word in us all the time, all right? So, let's see where I'm. Okay, but the, Romans 10, 6 through 13. But the righteousness which is of faith speaks. Key word right there. 
unto, the, un, unto this wise. Or, or faith has a certain way which it talks, okay? But the righteous which it speaks, speaketh unto, I think my word here, speaketh upon, uh, unto this wise, or in this manner. Say not in your heart. Now the key word right there, don't say things like this. Say not in your heart. Who shall ascend into heaven? That is to bring Christ down from above. Or who shall descend into the deep? That is to bring up Christ again from the dead. But what saith it? Since it doesn't say, somebody can't pray for me. I've been praying for months to get my healing. And Jesus just ain't healing me. Would you please pray that Jesus heal me? Maybe he'll hear your prayer. Or you, someone says, the devil's beating me up. Would you please come get the devil off of me or get Jesus to get the devil off of me? It says, don't pray stuff like, don't say stuff like. Faith doesn't say stuff like that, okay? Faith says what the word says and sticks with that. I know that's a hard thing to do. But God made it like that, and we've got to be tough, amen, and do what he says, all right? Okay, the word is near you. What does it say? The word, the word, the word, and it's near you, even in your mouth and in your heart. How did it get there? That's the word of faith which we preach. So when people are preaching, God's word is going right in your heart, and it's right there accessible by your mouth for you to speak it out. God made it so simple, didn't he? I mean, it's so wonderful what he did. Thank you, Jesus. The, it's the word of faith which we preach. And here's what we're preaching, that if you shall confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God is raising from the dead, you shall be saved. For with the heart man believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. For the scripture says, whosoever believes on him shall not be ashamed. I have never been ashamed, not one day in my life since I have said, Jesus, I receive you as my Lord. Never been ashamed that I did that. He's so good, isn't he? He deserves me to just sit here and say that about him. Jesus, you are so good. Thank you, Lord. Okay, so there's no difference between the Jew and the Greek. For the same Lord is rich over all the same Lord over all is rich unto all that call upon him, for whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. So it doesn't matter, like I was very poor, that don't matter if I called on him. I was vulgar mouth. I was very vulgar mouth. I was on drugs and I called on him. It don't matter. It don't matter. He wants you off the stupid drugs and he wants you not being a vulgar mouth. Because the Bible says don't let any corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth. So if you cuss a lot, you need to fill your heart with God's word so it's in more abundance than the cuss words and it won't come out anymore. How about that? That's an easy way to do it. Okay? So I was doing those things, yet the same Lord over all, he's my Lord. He's rich unto all that call upon him, so I called upon him. You know what he did? He changed me to the degree that I was willing to be changed. What degree are you willing to be changed? And then let's take, no take notice of some key words here. It says, faith speaks. It says the word is near you. So then faith is near you. It says the word of faith. And that's what we should be preaching is scriptural messages that are full of the word of God. So they are full of faith. Okay. It says if you shall confess. So our words have a lot to do with how we partake of God's blessings and how we please God. And shall believe. So our belief is very, very important. With your mouth confession is made. So your mouth has to be involved in your releasing of God's word for the releasing of faith. And then the same Lord, the same Lord, He's Lord over all, He's Lord over everybody. 
He's Lord over every single person that you can think of, and He's rich unto all that call upon Him. He never runs out of salvation. He never runs out of healing. He never runs out of prosperity. He never runs out of love. He never runs out of... He just don't run... He's rich, man. He is. If there's anyone who can be called filthy, stinking rich, it's Jesus. Hallelujah. Okay. For whosoever... Thank you, Lord, that that's in there. Because we're whosoever. For whosoever shall call upon Him shall be saved. So faith is available, mountain-moving faith. Faith that will rattle the things around you and start pushing them out of your life is available for whosoever. The problem is getting developed in it and then being willing to use it. You're getting developed in it right now. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, you're getting developed in it right now. And actually, faith is available to whosoever will obey the laws that govern it. I just gave you some laws in there that govern it. You can go back and hear the last thing that I just read about the important words that are used in Romans chapter 10, verse 6 through 13, okay? There's even more than that. And then in verse 17 is the way that faith comes. It plainly says, and I'm going to give it to you in your question, well, then how do you get faith? How does faith come to you? Romans 10, 17 says it plain and clear. So then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. God's word is the source of God's faith. I feel like I'm being mean when I say this. You're not going to get faith by praying, God, give me faith. It doesn't work that way. You're not going to get faith by fasting. You're not going to get faith by praying in tongues. Well, Brother Paul, Jude chapter Jude 2 says, But you, beloved, building yourselves up on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost. Okay, that is, if you took that scripture by itself, that is not, Lord, what's the word that you use right there? No witness with any other scripture. Let two or three, let every word be established by two or three witnesses. There's no other witnesses that say faith comes by praying in tongues. But that scripture does say you get built up by praying in tongues and you're using your faith because the Bible says he that speaks in an unknown tongue edifies himself or builds himself up. And the Bible does say when you use your faith, you're exercising your faith and your faith becomes stronger. Yes. So Jude is saying, you beloved, building yourselves up using your faith by praying in the Holy Ghost. So when you pray in the Spirit, when you pray in tongues, when you pray by the help of the Holy Spirit, you are using your faith to do that, and that is making your faith stronger. So that's, that's how that works like that, okay? So faith comes how? By hearing and hearing by the Word of God. It takes work for you to develop your faith. God didn't set it up for a bunch of mamsy-pamsy baby Christians to get spiritually strong by no effort at all. It takes work. Hallelujah. James said this, you being a doer of the work <laughs> shall be blessed. Amen. Okay, so enough with that. Okay, so don't complicate it with doctrinal misleading or theological explanations. Just take the scriptures at its word. That's the way you receive faith by hearing God's word. I guarantee you that if you will take the way you receive faith by hearing God's word and you start hearing God's word by you reading it, by someone preaching to you, by you saying it out loud, I guarantee you your faith level will be being raised up. It will be being developed and you will be a person who has strong faith. Your faith will be increasing because your knowledge of God's word will be increasing 
And that is how faith comes. And you know what? You'll be someone who is willing to use your faith before you know it. And when you use your faith, you are pleasing God. Because without faith, it's impossible to please Him. We love pleasing God. Amen? So, period. End of sentence. End of discussion. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. Hallelujah. Okay. The way you obtain faith is by hearing God's Word. So if you're one of the people who would say something like, well, maybe I just don't have enough faith, brother, to receive that. Okay. Or someone around you says that, or you say that about someone else, they don't have enough faith. Really what you have just said is, I don't have enough knowledge of God's Word. Faith is not the problem. Jesus said, if you have faith, as a grain of a... I mean, that's so little. If I had a mustard seed right here and I said this, you would never find it. None of y'all could find it. And Jesus said, that is enough to do everything you need. So if you want more than a mustard seed faith, then get in the Word of God. And if you're someone who you said before, I just don't have enough faith, and you just said, I lack knowledge of God's Word, and I am extremely lacking in knowledge of God's Word. Why? Because faith comes and hearing by the Word of God, okay? I don't care how many years you've gone to church. I don't care who your preacher is or your pastor is. They may be brother big or sister big, you know what I mean? And it don't matter that whatever you call them, they might be apostle this or prophet that. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. If they never preach the Word of faith, or a word that carries God faith, then it's useless being there sitting underneath their ministry. And if you walk out of that church and you've been walking out of it for years and you're not spiritually strong enough to use your faith or obtain things by faith or please your Heavenly Father with faith, you need to get out of there and get somewhere where you're growing spiritually because the Lord needs you. He has need of you right now. The world needs you. The world is waiting for a manifestation of the sons of God, not for people who go to church. Amen? It is good to be in church. I'm in church right now. Glory be to God. Okay, everything God has, His very best, is always available to the claim of faith. It's always available. I didn't say it was easy. It's simple, but it isn't easy. I didn't say it comes to pass right away. I've stood on things for years, 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 and all of a sudden, it came to pass. That was 15 years ago, I believe, for that. And I found out God had to change me for that to come pass, <laughs> amen, what I wanted him to do that many years ago. Okay, so no one, no one has to sit and wait for some kind of special move of God or some special person with a special anointing to minister in order to receive healing or a breakthrough or deliverance. You don't have to do that. I've gone to services where my favorite big wheel preacher is there and they carry a big anointing and I've gotten their services and I've, I want them to touch me, brother. Ask Andrew. Andrew and I went to service together and there's big wheel up there preaching and there's big wheel prophet right here. I mean, right, no, Andrew's here and they're right there. And so we're in worship. We're worshiping. And Andrew steps up like this in the worship service and then he stepped back and oh, oh he hit me. Because I'd unmoved in his spot, and I'm right next to Big Wheel Prophet. Hallelujah. And he looks at me. I said, you got to sit right there, brother. I'm next to the prophet. So the prophet looked at me, and I said, give me a hand. They gave me the hand. I stuck it on my head. Glory to God. <laughs> this man, you're right in the middle of a service. You know why? I'm pulling everything I can. I need help. Glory to God. If that Big Wheel isn't that. But you don't have to do that. 
You can use your faith and believe you receive from your heavenly Father. He does it. He's good. He's got those anointings on people. But he wants to do it for you personally. People have come to me and said, I believe the Lord said he's, you've got a word for me. I said, I do. He wants to speak to you personally. And then leave them like that. Amen. <laughs> okay. I'm sorry, Lord. I'm telling y'all all my little secrets that I do. Okay, glory be to God. Okay, God's ready to move. He is always on. He's always moving. He's always saving. He's always ministering. He's always healing. His abundance is always at hand, and it is near you, and it is even in your mouth. You could say it this way. Charles Capps wrote a great book. What's the name of the book that Charles Capps wrote? There's a miracle in your mouth. Amen. <laughs> you ought to order it and get it. Dynamite book, okay? So there is what we would consider to be feeble faith. And this is a major issue in the church, within the church. I know where a lot of people go to church, and I sometimes hear where they go to church, and I take note on people who go to different churches and they wouldn't have a clue in the world. You can't talk this kind of stuff outside the church most of the time. I said a little bit of this today to someone, but you can't talk most of this stuff outside the church because they, they have no, you have to get them in a forced situation like this so you can actually literally teach them, which is what I'm doing, and then they can grasp it being in a setting like this. But to talk this stuff publicly, people go, they just tilt. So you have to be very gentle how you present things that are revelation knowledge to people who go to very weak teaching churches. They may preach good messages every Sunday. That may be the best message they ever heard. But if that message didn't do them anything to be spiritually stronger or to be a Christian outside of church, then, and I see it, I see people who, I know they're in a church and there's, just you couldn't tell the difference between them and the worst, stupid, vulgar person, and the no difference. That's feeble faith. That's sad. That a lot of the church is like. That's why the world is in the shape it's in. If we were demonstrating the power of God and the love of God and the faith of God out there, there's no denying that God does these things when we pray for people. And I think I feel better. And they usually say. Blank, 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 blank. Wow, you know what I mean? Because that's all they know. That's okay. If we were doing everything we know with all our heart like they're doing everything they know with all their heart, we'd be a lot further along. So I can, you can't fault people how they are. But if they're going to church and they're getting feeble teachings and it's bringing feeble faith, low-level, feeble faith, meaning either a faith that hasn't been fed God's word or a faith that has been contaminated because it has been mixed with fear. Preaching. Low-level preaching that contains a minimum or none of God's word allows the enemy access into your life or to whoever, whoever's sitting under that kind of teaching. Okay, I say it like this. It builds weak, defeated Christians. They may be faithful churchgoers, but they're weak and defeated. They couldn't, they couldn't believe their way out of a wet paper bag. It's about time someone's talking like this, isn't it? Hallelujah. I hear you. Glory to God. Okay. So just because you might say, that was a good message, doesn't mean it contains any of God's word, which accordingly, definitely, does not contain any of God's faith. And I'm teaching you about mountain-moving faith. 
I wish I didn't have to say these things, but you know what? I have to say these things. I've been in many services years ago, and people will call me out and prophesy to me. I'm going to use you because you've got guts enough to say what I'm going to ask you to say, and you'll say it in love. And there's not many of you out there who can do it. So I'm calling you, and I'm going to train you how to do this. So thank you, Lord. Glory to God. Okay. Having God's faith is of utmost importance. Remember Ephesians 6 where it states, Above all, taking the shield of faith. Wherewith you shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked. The quenching fiery darts, but I want you to notice, not some of the fiery darts, all the fiery darts. So fiery darts are coming. They don't feel too good. They don't look too good. They're not too funny. Amen? They stink and hurt. But you can quench them with faith. Hallelujah. How do you get faith? By hearing and hearing the word of God. So you're going to quench them with what? Your use of the word of God. Glory be to God. Hallelujah. So it says, Above all, taking the shield of faith, where you shall quench all the fiery darts of the devil. He has done this so he can stop you from using your faith or will get you so entangled in your emotions, your thoughts, your worry, that you won't use your faith and you won't believe God for anything. But you have to hold on to your faith and you have to be willing to use your faith. And it says, above your salvation, above you preaching the gospel, above you being strong because of your faith, Above you, the breastplate of righteousness. Okay, I just quoted three of the, I just gave you an example of three of the armor of God. Thank you very much. You heard what I was thinking, so. Okay. Uh, above you being able to righteousness to me is thinking like, talking like, and acting like God. Above that, you can beat the tar out of the devil by using your faith, which comes out of and is contained in the word of God. And that's what Paul's teaching about right there. You want to beat the devil up? Here's how you're going to do it. You're going to do it with faith. Without the shield of faith, you're uncovered and you're especially vulnerable when your physical body is concerned because it becomes very difficult to hold on to a strong confession of faith when pain strikes you. At the end of this, I may give you a testimony that I went through, okay? Even when you do say the right things and you're... You're not highly developed in your use of faith or your ability to stand in faith, then when you're going through things, it's like as if we say things just out of just saying it. Instead of saying, By Jesus' stripes I'm healed, I receive healing in my body right now. Thank you, Jesus, for helping me in this. I receive healing in my body. I receive healing in my eyes in the Jesus' name. I receive healing for my back. I receive healing for freedom from arthritis right now in Jesus' name. Instead of you saying it like this, you'll say, by Jesus' stripes, I'm healed. And it is a very weak, inoperative, almost a non-use of faith. You know what I mean? I'm not trying to be mean. I'm trying to tell us, we're, I'm going to give you some examples of this in a minute. We're going we're gonna to feel our faith move in just a minute. I caution you to not just say things because you know just to say them. You know what I mean? God's Word is so holy and so powerful that if we have a 
authoritative consciousness. When we say something, we realize uh, we're doing some hurt right now, even though we're hurting. And if we allow or if we have excess of pain in our body, then it's hard for us to make a strong confession of faith because our mind will, if it's not developed, if it hasn't been renewed, we feel like we're telling a lie or we feel like we're fooling ourselves or we feel like I shouldn't really be saying that right now. Okay? I hope that, that helps right there. I hope it's understandable, all right? It becomes very difficult to hold on to a strong confession of faith when pain strikes. So without an understanding of faith, it's easy to begin to question God and say things and wonder why he's not helping me with this or I wonder what's wrong. And when we start questioning God like that, that's when things get worse instead of better because we are doubting. Amen? It's okay if you doubt and catch yourself doubting and then pull yourself back in and say, I'm not going to receive that. That's not me. You don't have to tell anybody. You don't have to go to anybody and say, I'm believing God for my healing or whatever it is. You go to God and believe it. Now, if you want someone to join with you in agreement, that's when you say something to someone else. But I've learned to keep my big mouth shut around people who will agree with me that I'm probably going to die. You know what I mean? Or it's going to get worse. Or this cold going to drop down in my, in my lungs. My sister-in-law had that and they're in the hospital right now. You know what I mean? Instead of them saying, let's believe God. Amen. This stuff ain't going nowhere. And they pray for you. I command this stuff to come out of you, Brother Paul. Thank you very much. I receive it. I receive it. I receive it. Do you catch that? We have to be very cautious with these things because we're dealing with spiritual truths that produce power or that will work against us if we join in with the other side. Amen? So to get desired results in those times of tests and trials, which they're going to come, there's no way out of them, okay, except leaving the earth. You must get under the word of faith and stay there day and night. Now, I know you can't do your Bible all day long, every day, and bring your Bible to work with you. I carried my little New Testament everywhere I went, but I had a job that I could do that as in construction whenever my little heart prompted me, okay, I need another dose of faith. I think I used up every bit of faith I got to get this far in work today because I feel like cussing that brother out right there. You know what I mean? But I had to go get my Bible out and give me, and let no corrupt communication speak out of your mouth. Say, that would be good. You're used to edifying that. Man, it's a grace that he hears. I'm going to practice a vocabulary of silence while I'm working around them. Amen. I was using my faith and had to develop my faith. I had to get more word in me to get my faith level back up. Are you getting it? Okay. And I know you can't do that all day long, but I tell you what you can do. You can let it bubble up in your heart and you can think about it and you can let it go through your mind. You can pull it up and you can do that throughout the day. Amen. You can make yourself get in God's word. You can make yourself turn your phone on, your listening device when you're driving and feed yourself the word of God. You can make yourself do it when your faith is weak, when you when you're in a big test or a big trial. You have to be willing to bigly, hugely, massively input God's word into your life. Okay. That's my way of being from South, South Mississippi, a communication. So I know it's all messed up. You can get on to me about the English language, but you understand what I'm communicating. So thank you, Lord. So let's do this. Let's uh, say some things. You know, there's some things that you just have to put aside at times, especially when you're in a battle. 
you have your favorite TV shows or you have your favorite thing that you want to do, you have your favorite sport or, man, if you're in a fight, brother, they break it in your house, that's the time to know where your gun is with the bullets in it, not go pull your gun out of a safe. Where's my gun? Oh, it's in the safe. And they're breaking down the door and they're coming in. They got guns. Uh, uh, let me get to the safe. <laughs> I forgot the combination. <laughs> and then you open the safe and there's the gun. Where's the bullets? Where's the bullets? Where's the bullets? <laughs> You're in trouble, cuz. Amen. So you need to keep yourself in a place where you know how to get that remote control. If you walk in your house and the first thing you do is you grab your remote control and turn the TV on and then start doing You're addicted. You have a problem. Amen. <laughs> okay. Enough of that. So what I'm going to do right now is we're going to wake our faith up. I'm going to stir your heart. Hallelujah. And uh, sometimes I've found in my life and I found in this teaching right here, this is, this is Brother Copeland and Gloria Copeland teaching this book. And this is where we're learning. This is what we're going to teach it out of. I'm not scared to tell you exactly. I've learned to be like Timothy. Paul said, that which I've taught you, you teach faithful men also. Why be goofy and have to redo everything and work through all the work when they did all the work for us? Amen. And Paul said, that which you have seen in me and heard, you do. So all I'm doing is following one of my mentors. Hallelujah. That's the purpose of it. When Danny preaches and Danny preaches his messages, and if I didn't know something in his message and it told, gave me instructions to do something, you know what I do? I go do what his message told me to do. We heard a message last Sunday. Bless Israel. Bless Israel. Bless Israel. So you know what I've been doing this week? I bless Israel in the name of Jesus. I bless Jerusalem. I pray for Jerusalem. I pray for peace in Jerusalem. Amen? Because it stirred my heart to do that. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to wake our faith up. Sometimes you have to stir your spirit in order to shake your soul and rattle your physical body. Your soul has a mind and a will of its own, and you have to make that thing yield to your spirit. And you do this sometimes by getting loud and by shouting. Not always, but I found being loud and shouting helps me use my faith. It seems more victoriously. It sort of stirs my spirit to, okay, we're doing it. Instead of, I wonder if this is going to work. Amen? And I'll give you two examples. Joshua told the children of Israel when they were at the wall of Jericho, he said, now look, we're going to walk around that thing once a day for seven days, and the seventh day we're going to walk around it seven times, and I don't want you speaking a word out your mouth for seven days until I tell you to whisper. He said, until I tell you to shout. So any message you've heard preachers preach that, yeah, they went back and every day they said, oh, Joshua's leading us around. I'm so tired of Joshua telling us to go around that. I'm so tired of this. I'm so tired. They didn't say a word. You know what Joshua focused? He focused their faith on them walls, and he knew God had told him to do this, so when he heard God say that, what came to him? Faith comes by hearing and hearing by God's word. So when Joshua heard God tell him, this is what you're going to do with them, and Joshua rehearsed it to them, so when Joshua said what God said, what came to the Israelites? Faith. And Joshua said, we're going to, he didn't say this, he could have said this, we're going to release our faith on the seventh day and our faith is going to pull them walls down of Jericho when we're going in there. But he said, you keep your mouth shut and don't say a thing. 
And on the seventh day, when you, I tell you, I want you to dance. <laughs> Hallelujah. And then people in Jericho were going, why are they so quiet? All we hear is them trumpets blowing. You know what I mean? Every day, every day. They were scared stiff because when they heard that shout, thank God we're not there. And we got their example, and we can use our words to shout our walls down. Glory be to God. Okay, so we're going to do that. Another one is Gideon. Gideon said, when I tell you, we're going to break our jar that has a lamp in it, and I want you to shout. Hallelujah. The sword of Gideon and the Lord, or the sword of the Lord and Gideon, whichever one it was. Okay, and when they shouted, that other army thought, there's a million of them out there. Let's go. <laughs> Hallelujah. It was a shout that stirred them. Thank you, Lord. Okay, so you see where I'm getting this from? Okay, I'm not just pulling something out of thin air. I'm telling us how to stir our spirit. So I, I gave you this picture because I want you looking at your pain or looking at your failure or looking at what you think you can't accomplish right now, and I want you to look at it with your eye, and then I want you to see it in your spirit, and I want you to be ready to shout these things that we're going to shout, okay? But before we do this, I want to say this in a normal tone of voice. I want you to say this with me. You know this scripture, greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. Okay, now check yourself. You're in a condition. You really didn't have much of a stirring in there, did you? It was almost like it's just repetition. You know what I mean? Mental assent. Oh, I know that scripture. Greater is he that is in me than he is in the world. Okay? Hallelujah. Now, I want you to take a deep breath. <laughs> I like that, brother. Amen. <laughs> you know what we're doing. <laughs> we're going after it, son. Okay? <laughs> All right, so I want you to check your, uh, I want you to take a deep breath, and I, we're going to shout these same words, and I want you to shout it and mean it, okay? You ready? Okay, we can't chicken out. I'm going to be a big mouth up here, so you might as well be a big mouth out there. And if you can't do it at home, because there's many times that preachers do things like this, and I sort of have to go hide or wait till I get in my car and go somewhere to do it, amen, <laughs> because you got to have kids sleeping or doing all or something like that. But there's times when I just do it, period. I do it on the job site or where I am a lot. Hallelujah. <laughs> People hear me. Greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. <laughs> yeah, they looking around. Yeah, that's me. <laughs> Hallelujah. Okay, so let's do it. You ready? I'll do it and then you do it, Okay. Greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. Amen. Amen. Check yourself again. You pushed yourself beyond what you normally would do. So what it did is it stirred your spirit to go beyond your mind, your will, and your emotions, your intellect, and your physical body thinking these people are going to think I'm nuts. We don't care what they think. Yeah, I get in places where I think, gee, I ain't doing that. They're going to think I'm a nut. You know what I mean? But that's getting less and less and less and less in my life. You know how it started getting less and less and less and less and less? By doing it more and more and more and more and more, the things that the Lord has. And, and Peter, he puts it this, I think it's in Peter, he puts it this way. It says, if you will do these things, they will, he's saying, giving all diligence, they will keep you from falling. So I saw if I'll do the things that it says, given all diligence, do this, 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 this. If I'll do those, then I will find myself falling less and less and less and less. 
that would be a good place for James to write right in there in Peter, being a doer of the word and not a hearer only. Amen? We ought to ask James to do that. He might be able to slip that into someone. Okay, so let's say a few things, okay? You ready? I'll say it, and then you say it. We okay with that? I am a free man. I'm coming out of the cage. Jesus has set me free. Here's a good one. I'm supposed to prosper. You are supposed to prosper. Money should never be an issue with a Christian. I mean, we serve the God of heaven and earth. Hallelujah. Okay, I'm supposed to prosper. I'm supposed to be healed. I'm supposed to be happy. And filled with joy. I refuse to go back into the cage of doubt and unbelief. These are things you can do in your car, you can do on your own, you can do you know, around people, you can do wherever you want. You can do these things. If the world is willing to do these things with their vulgar mouth, blank, 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 yelling at their kids or whatever in the grocery store or at the gas station, how much more should we be? I get around folks and they're doing all that stupid cussing and the first thing I think is, I need to give Lord, the Lord at least some equal time. Hallelujah! <laughs> I worship you, Jesus! <laughs> Amen? Jesus, I love you and bless you. I mean, he should at least get a, a some time. They're not my boss. <laughs> Hallelujah, they're not my savior. And how are they ever going to think, that dude's a nut, but at least he heard, these are they by the wayside where the, I slipped it in without them even knowing. And you know where it went? Right in their heart. And you know who's got to try and get it out? The devil. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Okay, let's do it again. Thank you, Lord. I am free from bondage. I am free from fear. Jesus has set me free. You know, I really don't do it as weak as I'm doing. I do it like this. I prosper in everything I do. I mean, when you're mad at the devil, that's how you need to do things. You don't have to always yell at him. You can say, come out in the name of Jesus. And he knows command authority. But when he's messing with me, it's stop it in the name of Jesus. Amen? Okay, here's another one. I am healed by Jesus' stripes. Therefore, I receive healing in every area of my body. And from every sickness, disease, and pain where it has tried to usurp authority over my body. Thank you, Jesus. I am a believer and I am not a doubter. That's a huge one. When doubt comes to you, you should instantly bubble up in your heart. I just said, I'm a believer, not a doubter. Inside my heart, you know what I mean? I am a person of God's Word. And I can tell the difference when I'm hearing God's Word preached and when faith is coming or 
when I'm just hearing some silly, sounds good, watered down, non-scriptural message. Is that good or what? <laughs> Hallelujah. Glory to God. I can, you can tell the difference. Amen? And if you're in somewhere where they're preaching some non-scriptural, watered down message, you need to be in there saying, In your heart, Lord, help them. Lord, teach them. That's his servant. He's doing everything he knows, or she's doing everything he knows to teach people. They just need to know more. Amen? And we're not sent to correct them. We're sent to pray for them. Who's the one who corrects the church? The Holy Spirit. And he uses what to correct the church? The Word of God. For the Word is profitable for correction, for instruction, and a way to live like God lives. Okay? Thank you, Jesus. Okay, now your spirit is awake and your faith is stirred, and I want you to say some wonderful things about your Heavenly Father. You don't have to yell them. You can if you want, but on your own. He deserves us to say something beautiful about Him. He deserves us to praise Him. So you tell Him something grateful. Yes, Lord, tell Him something grateful. I'm making you practice this so you do this. Amen? Say, you want me to go to each one? Joe, say something grateful to the Lord. <laughs> Hallelujah. Uh -huh. Yeah, God is great. He is awesome. God is love. Thank you, Lord. God is peace in my heart. Amen. Me too, brother. His name is above all names. We got about 6,000 people here, and I can't speak to all of them. So, Joe, go ahead, okay? <laughs> I can do all things in Christ with me. His mercies are new every His mercies are new every morning. Okay, here's, here's something very good to say. Thank you, God, that I'm not going to hell. Because I was a churchgoer who didn't know anything about salvation, and I could have died and went to hell and been in church all my youth. Thank you, Lord, that I'm not going to hell. Thank you, Lord. So here's a quality decision. A quality decision is one that you make and you do not back up on, okay? Here's a quality decision that you must make. Don't talk about the devil anymore. The Bible says give him no place. So don't give him your words. Why, you know the devil has really been beating on me. I've heard so many preachers say, oh, the message I've got this week, it must be a really good message because the devil has really been tempting me or pushing on me or beating on me or fighting me. I would rather say, you know, the Lord is really working on me with the message and I'm believing for it to come out exactly how he wants it and help people. Amen. There's five words I love to hear. To hell with the devil. Amen. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. We're going to hear that one day. Jesus is going to get him and pull him to him. Come here. And I'm going to be up there screaming. With Jesus. Glory be to God. Glory be to God. He's done so much to hurt us. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Here's some things right here. Okay, Galatians 3.27 says, Faith works by spiritual law. The law of faith. No, that's Romans 3.27. says, Faith works by spiritual law, and it calls it the law of faith, all right? There's some things that God has done for us. God has a part, and we have a part. Here's another one. Galatians 5, 6 says, faith works by? No. Galatians 5, 6 says, faith worketh by? 
love, okay? God's part and our part. Matthew twenty two thirty seven says, Jesus said, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. So we have a part and God has a part, all right? And the law that faith operates by is the commandment of love, and nothing that's of God works without love. Of course not, because God is love. So faith works by God, or faith works by Love. When you start deciphering the Bible with simplicity and common sense, it just knits itself together and you think, I never knew I knew that. Amen? It is so beautiful what He's done for us. We've had men or women mislead us. I wish I didn't have to say things like that. We have to make those days be over. Amen? If we're going to get people in a place where they're strong soldiers and willing to stand for Jesus, then we're going to have to get them strong enough to wear. If they die, they die by faith. Remember what it says in Hebrews? These all died in faith, not having obtained the promise. I would rather go down confessing the word of God instead of go down and get before Jesus and him say, That's a bad place to be anyway. I worship you, Jesus. Okay, so here's, here's God's part and here's our part. And then we'll close, okay? Faith comes, that's God's part. By hearing, that's our part. Faith works, that's God's part. By love, that's our part. So you have to make the quality decision that you'll never be in a weakened position again with your faith ever again and you have to set yourself to stay within the confines of the commandment of love. That is the straight and narrow. You have to make yourself stay within the confines of the commandment of love. I set my heart years ago that I will forgive everyone who offends me. Anywhere I went in, any store I went in, any job I went on, people would say dumb things to me, call me dumb names, because I was so skinny, I was 125 pounds till I was about 35 years old, and I had to believe God for weight, because I was so stinking skinny, and I don't mind the jokes, that's why I joke with people so much, brother, you must only use ivory so you don't go down the drain, because ivory floats, you know what I mean? <laughs> Your pajamas have one stripe on them, don't they, brother? You got to run around in the shower to get wet, all those things I heard, but I, I picked like that too, so I had to be able to take it, but people would say mean things, crude things, rude things, you know what I have to say? I knew if my faith is going to pull me out of this place I am in life, it's going to have to do it by working by love. Amen? Because faith works by love. Super important. The devil will use stuff against you in a heartbeat. So say this with me. I will keep the commandment of love. I will stay in the word. So I keep an input of faith coming into me so I can use faith and live by faith and I choose to live by faith in Jesus name amen I would like to close but I'm going to say something it keeps bubbling up I went through a bout with cancer and in that bout with cancer I fought with my whole life I mean it was it was rough the things they did to me, <laughs> and I'm believing God the whole way through. And it was rough. I wouldn't let you know it was rough. 
and I wouldn't let the doctors know it was rough. But there was times that they were doing running tests on me and doing things to me to check me, and I would be saying, there was a, uh, I, I like the voice of martyrs, and there was a martyr in China. He was a Chinese lawyer who helped get a lot of Christians killed because he was working for the government, and he would lie about the Christians and get them convicted, and they would put him in prison forever or kill him, and he got saved. Some of the people he had got condemned led him to salvation, and he got saved, so he flipped and started being a lawyer for the Christians. And the Chinese government come, got him, tortured him, brought him back home, and he told his wife, I may have to die for, for the Lord, but I'm going to keep doing this. So they came, got his family, and put them all in prison for a while and let him out, said don't ever do this again, and he didn't, and they eventually killed him. And they would take toothpicks and put them in places where I won't even say where they put them because he would describe or whoever wrote his testimony would describe what they would do with him, and it was horrendous torturing. And I'd be in that doctor's office sometimes, and I'd be saying his name. What I remember, I don't remember, Guillermo or Gizzo, whatever his Chinese name was, and I'd be saying it loud, loud. And the doctor would say, who is that? I'd say he was a, a Chinese who the, they tortured him and killed him. And he'd say, I'm not that bad, am I? I'd say, it hurt that bad, but I can do it. One time I asked him, would you be praying for me? He said, brother, if I prayed for you and all my other patients, I'd never make it to work. So how about I would lump everybody together and just pray for all y'all at one time? I said, that's smart, brother, that's smart. Okay, so I went through that. And, and I had ended up having surgery. I really believe I got healed before I went into the surgery to brought bladder cancer and had my bladder removed and prostate removed and lymph nodes removed. And when I went into surgery, I went to the surgeon who had done some tests on me in, in New Orleans. And uh, I said, brother, I've laid my hands on cancer people and seen cancers healed. I've seen tumors healed. I've seen people who didn't have babies, pray for babies, and they have babies. And they have nothing to have babies with. I've seen a lot of miracles, brother, in my day. And I believe I receive a miracle. Before you take anything out of me, would you look one more time, please? I think I received my healing the other day. And he didn't. He didn't look. And so after surgery, no, he came to me a few days later, and I was in the room by myself, and I was in bad shape. I like to die, I say, five times because I had a heart attack in the recovery and all, all these other things went on. But he came to me, and he said, very humbly, because he knew I asked him, and he said, I go on mission trips all over the world and perform this surgery, and I've seen healings too. But he didn't look, and he came to me and he said, when we sent all your parts off to be tested for cancer, he said, there was no cancer in your body. And the Lord fired a scripture to me right then. He said, the secret things belong to the Lord your God. That which has been revealed belongs to you. Don't you ever hold this against anyone. You don't know what I'm dealing with. And when we went into the place for pre-op, Diane and I led two people to salvation who were working on me, hooking me up. We led them both to salvation. When I come out of the surgery, I was in bad shape, so I was in ICU, and then I, when I got moved to my room, Diane and I led another girl, never been in church a day in her life, to salvation. We led four or five people to the Lord in that hospital. What if he had to allow something for me to go through? I don't like saying it like this. I think I missed the healing 
but I had to realize, okay, this is some secret stuff going on heaven-wise, so I have to let everything go and believe Him all the way through it. What if that girl got in a wreck a week later? All those people died, and I was there. God couldn't get anyone else. He kept calling all these people, go witness to them, go witness to them, go witness to them, and no one would do it. So he has to take this knucklehead from Mississippi who is sassy as all get out, who has a smart aleck mouth, and get him to go in there, and the only way to get me in there was to allow me to go through testing and temptation. And look, you couldn't tell if you had to of what I've been through. You couldn't tell what's going on with me any day of the week when I walk in here. And you wouldn't know if I'm in pain or if I'm not in pain. Because it's none of your business unless I come up and say, I'd like you to pray for me. (laughs) Amen. Okay? So I'm telling you these things to let you know. Learn to use your faith, period. You will get some things by faith. Some things, it may take years. Some things, it may come instantly, but you've got to learn to use it because the Lord is going to put you in places where you need to use your faith for others who, have, who know nothing. And He's going to let your faith carry them through. Amen? It's so important. So, Father, I've given them a little bit of your word today. I thank you for the testimony you've placed in my life. I thank you, Lord. I know we've only got so much time on earth, and I ask you to help me give rewards to Jesus that he deserves for what he did. You do the same. Go to the Lord. Ask him to get all he can out of you while you're here on earth. Could you imagine someone working with you, someone working with me to try and get us to do their will? And he's trying his best to get us to do what he asks us to do. He's got a job for you, whether it's baking cookies five times a year. Wouldn't that be neat if that's what you, all you have to do? So he's got a job for you. you just got to know what your job is and be willing to do it. But there's one thing that we're all responsible for, and that is to lead people to salvation through Jesus. You must know how to lead people to Jesus like I did at the very beginning of this. You've got to get that down. He has given you a ministry, and that ministry is the Ministry of Reconciliation, And that's leading people to salvation. It doesn't matter how bad they are, what they're going through, what they look like. They need to be saved from spiritual death to spiritual life. And that is your job and my job. I bless you and thank you for your time tonight. See you next Tuesday. And if you want, Sunday morning, 1030. But I'll see you next Tuesday. Amen. Hallelujah. Did you learn anything? Glory be to God. We good? Andrew, you can either play the song that you would like to play or play the one that we did at first. Amen? Let's do play the song, let's worship the Lord with it, and then we'll be dismissed. Thank you, Lord. Oh, this is a familiar song, and it's about faith. the channel touch I'll come help you